Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Birth is an intertwining of souls, and the community a mother surrounds herself with can make all the difference. Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 65 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today's episode follows Mandy's birthing journey. Mandy has had three very distinct pregnancy and birthing experiences, and each held its own challenges and surprises. I know you will draw so much from this episode, especially relating to that all-important recognition of the need for community. Now, before we jump into this incredible interview, I do want to take a quick moment to thank our reviewer of the week, and that is Untethered Birth Doula. And she says, Authentic Home Birth Pod. You guys, this podcast brings me so much joy. I love all birth stories, but I've always had a special place in my heart for home birth. Caitlin does such a good job hosting this podcast. Her voice and commentary is kind and authentic and is an added benefit to the conversation rather than taking away from women and men telling their stories. The guests share the real parts of home birth that everyone is wondering and remind listeners that birth is a normal physiological process. We will be talking about that today. We don't need to fear. My VBAC birth was a planned home birth, but ended up in the hospital at the last hour. Otherwise, I'd be jumping up and down to share mine with Caitlin. Thank you for all you do for the home birth community. Untethered birth doula, you are welcome on here anytime. Also, if you will email me at caitlinandmyhappyhomebirth.com, I will send you a happy home birth podcast sticker. Thank you so much for the review. Thank you guys who are doing that. If you wouldn't mind taking a screenshot really quickly while you're listening and uploading that to your Instagram stories, tag happy home birth podcast and maybe a little hashtag give birth on your turf. Um, that would be so appreciated. It really helps get the word out there. Also, myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash merch will take you to the greatest home birth shirts out there ever on the market on the planet made by my good friend Rachel at The Birth Shop. Now is her Instagram handle and her stuff is so cool too. So check her out. Check out the Give Birth on Your Turf t-shirts. And let's see, there was one more thing. I really should probably just cut this, but I'm going to just keep thinking about the last thing I'm supposed to say. Oh, no, it's just to remind you that the opinions of my guests might not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And neither one of us are medical professionals. This is not medical advice. So please continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you are like me, your chiropractor. Mandy, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I am excited to have you, and I would love for you to just start by introducing yourself to the listeners. Yeah. um, My name is Mandy, and I live um, in Broomfield, Colorado. Um, I've been married to my husband for about 10 years now in in August, and we have three beautiful children. Uh, My son, Clive, who is eight or will be in December. Um, My daughter is 21 months, and then my son, Desmond, is six months old. Oh, wonderful. Well, you told me that with your first birth, you started with the traditional kind of medical model. And I would love to hear what that pregnancy and birthing experience was like for you. Yeah. So um, I got pregnant with my son and we 
we're still on my mom's insurance plan with the way you know things were in Colorado I think you were able to be on it until 25 so I didn't really know too much as far as um, like home births or the natural way but I did know I want to have um, as natural as I could in a hospital setting mm -hmm. um, and I can't and I was trying to think as we were leading up to this interview what brought me to want a doula but um, I ended up looking online and I just kind of randomly picked the doula we ended up using um, and she was amazing and she kind of helped us lead us to certain uh, birthing classes um, we did like a 12 week of the Bradley um, you know birthing class uh, yeah did, did you enjoy the Bradley method I did I enjoyed it a lot it kind of you know helped me think about my body and the amazing things that can do and to trust uh, my body in that way um, and so we enjoyed that it was fun for my husband and I to do something like that a lot of people teased us that it was 12 weeks long they're like what do you need to know about birth that isn't in a weekend <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so much more complicated than <laughs> a weekend right um, and so my pregnancy went really well. I never really had too many um, issues. I, you know, I wasn't as active as I was with my following pregnancies. So I definitely had some minor complications with that, like swelling and just not taking care of myself in the best way that I could have, I guess. Um, and so I went into labor with my son. Um, my water broke. I was in the middle of the night mm. sleeping and I woke up to go to the bathroom and then just gushing water <laughs> came out. <laughs> I thought I was wetting my pants. Right. <laughs> the very dramatic <laughs> water breaking. It was very dramatic. I was, you know, calling to my husband. I'm like, I think my water is breaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that started the process and I was, you know, in labor for, um, a couple hours before, you know, I had been in contact with our doula and she had told me just to keep kind of going. The plan was to labor at home as long as possible and then go to the hospital type of thing. Um, and so after so many hours and I'm spacing right now, my um, contractions just kind of stopped. Mm. Um, and we were like, okay. And so uh, our Bonnie our doula gave me some tips on some stuff to do. I tried like pumping for a few minutes on a few minutes off for a while and just nothing was starting them up again. So we went to the hospital. She kind of was like, now they're going to wonder why I think it had been like 10 hours at this point since my water had broke. She's like, they're going to, you know, ask, you know, why did you wait this long type of thing? So <laughs> she kind of prepped me on that and, um, to expect them to kind of wonder, but they were actually very good. I mean, from the time my water broke to when my son was born was 32 and a half hours. Mm. So they were actually really great and not like rushing us. That's good. Um, and so, <coughs> excuse me, my water broke. We went to the hospital um, and I was, I think I was only two centimeters after like 10 hours or so. And so, and my contractions had pretty much stopped. So we did Pitocin and I was on that for about six hours and it was horrible. Uh, I hear that. <laughs> it was just, it was so hard to keep up. I mean, one contraction on top of another. And I just, I was starting to 
get so drained and so discouraged. Like, can I even do this? You know? Um, and so at that point, uh, our doula kind of had a talk with us and was like, I would, I want you to think about, you know, you still need energy to push. And at, you know, 24 hours, I was still only four centimeters. And so, um, she's like, you know, maybe we should think about the epidural because you want to be able to have the energy and the strength because in the hospital, they don't feed you. Mm -hmm. Um, and my doula was kind of sneaking me stuff here and there and trying to at least give me some energy. Um, so we went ahead with the epidural a couple hours later. Um, I was complete and his head was coming down. Um, actually I forgot when we had gotten there, they did an ultrasound and we found out he was posterior. So that's why my mm. contractions had stopped. Um, and so we were, you know, trying to do a bunch of things to try to get him to shift a little bit. And then, um, after the epidural and when I was complete and his head was in the canal, they had assumed he had, you know, moved back to the correct way. Um, and as I was pushing and they could see his head, he was still actually kind of stuck um, in that posterior position. And, um, you know, I pushed for two and a half hours and I remember seeing the doctor's eyes as I was getting to like getting exhausted. And I remember saying, I felt like I was going to pass out. And so our doula, she went and grabbed some peppermint oil from her little bag of tricks and put it in the oxygen mask that they gave me. And it really just helped revitalize me. And um, my husband was down there ready to catch my son. And they saw his head, by the grace of God, turn. And within a few pushes, his head came out and then the rest of his body and he was here. So oh. um, I could see they were kind of getting nervous and maybe kind of like, all right, we might need to move her to C-section because mm -hmm. I was just so exhausted physically and emotionally. And But he was there and he was safe and I was safe and <laughs> it was pretty intense. Yeah, that is, that is intense. And you know what? It's so interesting to hear how your doula was really thinking long-term, um, mm -hmm. you know, because some people, a lot of people are like, oh gosh, well, you know, you've got to do everything to avoid the epidural. Yes. You've got to, you know, but sometimes to save the vaginal birth, yes. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. sometimes that, that is, that's the best option. And I find it fascinating that your doula was able to pick up on the fact that at that point, which was clearly well before you were even getting exhausted during the pushing, you know, like yeah. she saw like, Hey, you're getting exhausted. And it seems like there could still be a good amount of work to do. Um, yeah. So that's with really the, neat. Yeah. And with the Pitocin, I, it was, you just would not get any break. I mean, there was mm -hmm. no, like with your typical contractions you have, you know, a little bit of a end of you come down and you can have a minute, but there was none of that with the Pitocin and right. I was just in so much pain and I was exhausted and she was just like, and I think that's why another reason that my body wasn't able to relax was I was just in so much pain for me to dilate that once I had the epidural, you know, within two hours, I was 10 centimeters and he was coming down. So they yes. were like, your body just needed <laughs> to relax a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the discomfort of a posterior baby too, I'm sure. Oof, oh, I can add a little something. Oh, the back pain was horrible. The back labor was just, 
my husband would either my doula or my husband would be pushing on my back, but, um, and the other one would like be helping me in the front and one would be in the back. And so it was just amazing to have them both. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. Doulas definitely yes. are worth their weight in gold. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> So, okay. Gosh. Wow. So that birth experience occurs. What happened? What happened afterwards? What happened in your postpartum or what made you start shifting to think hmm, maybe I should have a home birth next time? I, I just wanted something different. I felt like, um, it was just very, very sterile, I guess, in a way. And, um, I mean, we had, seen um, the business of being born after my son and we started to question um, just I mean obviously the epidural was needed to help but you know just kind of was it a sequence of events that kind of needed mm -hmm. everything oh, for sure yeah because um, when you get to the hospital you're limited and what you can eat and just all this stuff and and the pitocin for sure yes. I mean you know like those <laughs> pitocin contractions whoo yeah um, and so we saw the movie and it just kind of made me start to think that if, cause at the time we didn't know if we wanted to have more, my son actually has some disabilities. And so that's why there was such a big gap between, um, Clive and Eleanor, mm -hmm. um, that we didn't know. And so we had seen the video and I was like, well, you know, if we ever have a kid, maybe, maybe we'll do a birthing center. And then as we got closer. I was like, oh, well, maybe I want a home birth. And <laughs> I'm getting so, real crazy. <laughs> yeah. We'll just go out there. <laughs> um, and you know, that is something that is just very different from like just the people that I had surrounded myself with at the time. You know, mm -hmm. I was, I felt almost ashamed to tell people I wanted a home birth when we were mm. deciding that that was where we wanted to go. Cause mainly, cause I just didn't want to hear what other people would have to say about it. Right. So did you decide not to tell people or did you just do it and deal with their talk? At first I would say, Oh, we're giving birth at this hospital. That was kind of the backup that if there uh -huh. was need for transfer, I would tell people that. But then as I was getting further along, I was kind of trying to take, you know, um, like victory, not really victory, I guess. Um, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like kind of just excited. I was getting excited mm -hmm. yeah. to have a home birth and to try it this way. And so I think I wanted to own it, I guess, is mm -hmm. the word I'm trying to yeah, think of. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like I hear that a, a good bit from moms when, you know, you're surrounded by people who don't know and who don't mm -hmm. understand it can be can be a very difficult road and then it can also just be a very difficult decision of should i share this with you or should i keep this private because clearly at this point this is such a big deal to you like this yeah. is you know this is a huge decision and it's something that you want to share but at the same time you're being so vulnerable in that and your emotions are you know it, it could really affect you when someone says something negative. So I, my heart definitely goes out to moms that, that find themselves in that kind of situation. Yeah. And I just feel that, um, you know, so many of the women at the time that, you know, I was close with, um, you know, they were, had the mentality that if you had a home birth or even just a natural birth that you felt you were better 
than everyone else. And Mm -hmm. that is totally not, was my reason and most women's reasons to choose a home birth. And I know like with, when I was pregnant with Clive, I had mentioned I wanted to do med free, you know, no medications. And I got a text message from one of my friends after he was born. And she's like, so were you able to do it? (laughs) It was just like, like it felt very defeating because I wasn't with my son and you know, it just was, that was her first question. One of her first Mm follow-up questions to he's here. (laughs) Yeah. And so I just, there was just so much shame at at first. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally get it. That's, that's very painful. Yeah. It's really hard when it's, it feels like, you know, if someone were, if it were a friend asking and you knew that their heart was like, oh gosh, like I'm so excited for you, you know, versus people who you feel like might be kind of hoping that you don't succeed. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like this, like this, like resentment underlying Mm -hmm. that can, that can be very, very hard. Yeah. I remember a boss at the time was like, you don't get a gold star by having them, you know, and I'm like, yeah, there's no, <laughs> well, good. Because that point. would be a real dumb, <laughs> it would be, be a pretty no, lame reward. Right. A gold star. Um, no, I'm looking for an oxytocin high. Thank you very yes, much. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking for six weeks of bliss. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Okay. So, so you did end up sharing with people as you were getting closer and closer. Yeah, I just kind of almost felt like I was being a rebel at a certain mm-hmm. point. I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm having this baby at home. I'm going to do this. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. And it, how did you find your midwife? Um, so when we found out I was pregnant, we had tried for a year to get pregnant. And so I was super excited um, when we found out that I was. And so I called our doula again and was like, hey, are you going to be in town? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you need to be there and I want a home birth and I don't know where to go. And so she was the one who hooked me up with the wonderful ladies who were there for uh, my birth. Wonderful. Yeah. So we went to like, a, you know, meet the midwives thing and we just, I loved them and we, it was, you know, Love at first sight. (laughs) That's the best. And what was that experience like? Like what, how did you feel with your prenatal care in midwifery versus your previous experience? Oh my gosh. It was so much better. It was amazing. You felt like they cared about you and not so much like I had the insurance or the doctor I went to before, you know, you had 15 minutes. What can I do for you? Let's check baby. All right. See ya type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, my appointments with the midwives were usually an hour and a half to two hours. I mean, they were, you know, and a lot of it was, you know, we'd be chatting and they kind of make room for that gap of, (laughs) um, it take it taking so long. So, um, and I think just with having, um, a hospital birth before I had so many more questions this time around that I felt like I was always like, but what about this and this? And so they were really gracious with me. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Yep. And you know, that's so expected because it is such a paradigm shift. Yes, it is. And they cared about me and how I was doing emotionally and not just, you know, where are you measuring and this and that? And are you having, you know, the checklist that they ask you each time? And they just wanted to know how I was doing and how I was coping. My son has health issues. So, you know, we were going through stuff with him at the time. And so they Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure 
how I was doing. And so I just really, I loved that. I just, those women are amazing. So Mm -hmm. that, oh, that's, that's so wonderful to hear. And yeah, the, the deep care aspect for not, not even only you, but your family and your entire experiences. It's so real, you know, like it's just, oh, I just love, I love to hear that. Yeah. And they were great with my son. He, when he would come um, to the appointments with me, you know, I felt like they tried to include him to the best of, you know, what he could do and they would always want to talk to him. And I would be able to sometimes, you know, if it was around lunchtime, I would be able to feed them out, out in the little area. And I was like, I would never do this at a doctor's office. You know, mm-hmm. you yeah. need to always be nervous about germs and <laughs> right. my son. And so I just, they were all inclusive of the family and it was wonderful. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and I mean, I feel like that just sets you up for such a wonderful birthing experience. So what was, what was your second birth like leading up to labor and then, and then labor? Yeah. So it was, um, my pregnancy was going really well. I actually had, um, my placenta was in the front. Mm. Um, and so it muted a lot of my daughter's movements. Um, And so I didn't feel her a whole lot. And I think that was actually why when I went at my, oh, is it my 39 week appointment? um, You know, they're like, yeah, baby's head down. Everything looks good. She's in a good position. And we didn't know what we were having for any of my kids' birth. Um, Gotcha. So, you know, everything looked good. And then, I woke up one morning and was just having some contractions and, you know, I was getting, trying not to get too excited because, you know, it's your second and I would have a lot of Braxton's hicks for um, my whole pregnancy. So I was trying not to, you know, work myself up. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we went out to breakfast as a family because I, you know, told my husband, I'm like, this may be our last weekend as a family of three. So, you know, let's go out. So we went out to breakfast and I was, would be working and, you know, working through contractions and I was having a lot of bowel movements. And so I'm like, okay, maybe we're getting ready for something. Clearing out. <laughs> yes. Something's going on. And, uh, you know, I tried to take a nap, um, but you know, the contractions were pretty steady, but not, you know, too much to write home about. I had kind of let the midwives know what was going on. And, um, unfortunately our doula Bonnie was out of town at the time and she was coming home on the day our daughter was going to be, ended up being born. Oh man. And so she had a backup doula who came. Um, and so, you know, I was still having contractions and so we realized it was happening and the midwives come to the house and our doula shows up and we're filling up the tub because I really wanted to give birth in the water, but I was also open to understanding some women think that. And then at a certain point, they're just ready to be out of the water. Right. <laughs> you just so, never know. <laughs> you never know what you're going to want. Because I know with my first son, our doula had asked, are you, do you want to be clothed? Do you want to be, you know, that type of thing? And I was like, yes, I'm a modest person. I like to be covered. But at some point in my son's labor, I was like naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only had my socks on. And so <laughs> with my daughter, I kind of had the idea that I don't know what I'll want to do you know, mm-hmm. when that, or when that kind of almost earth like tribal comes yeah. over you, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so they showed up and I was in labor and I didn't want, 
they didn't really check me too much. They were just kind of letting me do what I wanted to do. I was moving around the house. I was still having um, a lot of bowel movements. So I would, I actually spent a lot of my labor on the toilet with that, you know, potty squatty thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think really helped open up and, you know, get her down. Um, and so we kept working through labor. And then I got to a point where I was feeling tired and I'm like, can I lay down? (laughs) Is that going to stop labor? And they're like, well, you can go ahead and lay down and nap and just see what happens. And if things start to slow down, we might get you up and move type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was having some back labor with her as well. And so um, I laid down in bed and my husband came behind me and would push on my back during contractions and I'd get a little bit of a snooze. And then I said, I wanted to get in the water. So we got in the water and, um, I felt the urge to push my water hadn't broken yet at this point. Um, and so I asked the midwives if I could, and they're like, sure, go ahead. And so I started to kind of push and I could see my husband was like, is this it? Are we going to have the baby? And, um, I felt my water break and uh, there was meconium um, in the water. And so my midwife was like, let me check you. And she's like, okay, I feel a butt. So Mm -hmm. we need to get you out of the water. Um, And the water felt amazing, by the way. It was like, (sighs) I have heard it's the midwife's epidural and it is. (laughs) (laughs) So super fun to get out of that. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little like, no, but this feels so good. (laughs) Are you sure? Yes. So we get to, we moved to my bed, the bedroom um, so that she could check me on my back and stuff. And she's like, yep, I definitely feel a butt. And um, they said that, you know, their protocol is to transfer me to a hospital. And at this point, it was like, one in the morning, a little after and um, I was like, so does that mean they're gonna want a C section? And she said, at this hour, more than likely, yes, they will want Mm. to do a C section. And so my world is just like, crumbling, and I'm trying to hold it together. Um, and she's like, do you want me to have, cause they had a backup midwife. Do you want me to have her check you to just confirm? And I said, yes. And my husband is starting to get a bag ready. He was, you know, getting ready to make the phone call to a grandma to come to be with our son. Um, and I didn't want the midwife to touch me. I was going through like a ton of contractions in that moment. And I was like, please just don't right now. And I needed to kind of catch my breath. And I had, I think it was about three contractions. The midwife checked me. She's like, I definitely feel butt, but you're at 10 centimeters that baby's coming. So we're not going anywhere. (laughs) And so, you know, if birth is intimate, they're obviously able to deliver here. You know, it was, they're like, you would have this kid in the car. So we need to do this here. Right. So to go from like such shifts so quickly was really hard mentally to try to get back into where I was for. Oh, I can imagine. Gosh. It was really hard. I was like, wait, I remember asking, can you even give birth vaginally to Mm. a breach? Because, you know, you hear breach, you hear C-section. And so I had a lot of fear in that moment. And I could just, Mm. I remember telling them I don't feel safe because things were just really out of control. And so I got on my hands and knees on the bed and was starting to push. And I remember I was pushing out of anger. (laughs) 
<laughs> more more than love. I was like, I cannot believe you turned. I was, I was just so frustrated. <laughs> um, and so um, I wasn't getting too far, like in pushing her and that the midwife was like, let's get you on the birthing stool. I think you need a little more like leverage to kind of get her down. Um, but before we moved to the stool, I started to get to the point where I just, I couldn't, felt like I couldn't do this. I needed to, you know, like, I can't do this. Can I tap out? Like what's going on? And, um, I could feel I was starting to get to have a panic attack. And my husband was actually behind me, um, pushing on my back and our doula Kyla came and she got right in my face and she said, you've got this Mandy, you can do this. And she just said everything that I needed to bring my mind back into where I needed to be to get this baby out. <laughs> um, and so we got into the, the birthing stool and, um, I remember it was like one of those weird out of body experiences. I was looking down and I could see my stomach just pushing with the contraction and I could just see it. And then mentally I was like, I'm having this baby. I better get on board. <laughs> there like, you go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is going to happen whether I like it or not. So I got to jump on. Right. So I just like, embraced those contractions and that pain and, uh, or discomfort, I guess I should say, um, say whatever you felt. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, and her little butt came out and then her feet and then her arms. And then, you know, her head was still inside me and I took a minute and the midwives were like, whenever you're ready. And I remember shouting my vagina as she came <laughs> out. <laughs> um, and they, you know, I was so worried if she was okay. Um, and I remember reading something that it's very interesting about how women, you know, will go through something so intense like that. And our first question is, are they okay? And I just yeah. thought that was like really kind of sobering in a way yes. um, about how much we care about our, our little babies. And so she needed just a little bit of oxygen since she came, but first she didn't get that like burst of air to kind of open, um, her lungs, but she was, you know, my husband was, he actually thought it was a boy just because you know how everything is so swollen and especially yes. to come, but first, you know, I had known in my heart that we were having a girl and so when he's like, I think it's a boy before they could really like get to see, um, the midwife was like, she knew. And she's like, well, let's just wait and see until we flip, her, flip the baby over. And so at first I was like, what? I thought I was, you know, I thought we were having a girl. And then, you know, we moved her and lo and behold, we were having a little girl. Oh, that's, and, no, no, no. This yes. is a girl. <laughs> yes. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and she just was on my chest and we, I was just like in complete and utter bliss. It was just so amazing. All that was just gone. <laughs> oh gosh. Wow. What a, what a surprising experience that is, yes. you know, it's just so much to wrap your mind around. I, I, heard you saying that at, at one point of just, you know, this like, okay, you find out your baby is breached when you were confident that she was head down, then mm -hmm. you're going to the hospital. But does this mean you have to have a C-section? Do you know, like, can you have yeah. a vaginal birth? And then you're, you're being told, okay, actually you're staying home. Like, mm -hmm. whoa, that's a lot to, <laughs> that it is a lot, lot to, th <laughs> to have to like process. 
Yeah. I just was like, can we hit pause? I feel like I need to cry. Like, I don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> Where's the space for me to cry for a little yes. bit? I need that. <laughs> yes. I just need a moment. So, oh, wow. But all in all, so how was your, how was your postpartum after this experience? It was, it was amazing. I didn't, I didn't tear. I, um, mm which I, you know, when my midwife went to check me, I'm like, all right, how bad is it? Did it go all the way to my spine? Like I just was like ready to, <laughs> to know. Cause I tore with my son. So I thought for sure. A breach first, baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it was just, I had really um, <clears throat> read Ina May's, um, the childbirth book and I'm completely spacing on the name right now. The Ina May's guide to childbirth. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she had just talked about how much, so much to breathe and like down low and like to do the horse lips. And mm -hmm. I actually did a lot of the horse lips during the contractions. Um, and so I really think that that just helped everything open and hopefully maybe that was why I didn't tear, but yeah, um, no, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. And it took a little while for my placenta to come out. Um, you know, it was, I forget what legally, how long they're allowed to wait at home. Um, but she had the Pitocin shot and she was, you know, ready to give it to me. And then it, the placenta came on out and she's like, I always okay. threaten it. And then it comes. <laughs> and that, that seems to be a thing sometimes. Like yes, but... I remember my midwife, there were a few births that we went to and it was like, it just took her threatening the baby that we would have <laughs> yes. to transport. The baby's like, all right, fine. Like, <laughs> I guess okay, I'll, I'll come. come. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the placenta came out and, you know, we had her attached to that until, um, you know, it's kind of the cord stopped. And so we had it in its little baggie next to me and she just was on my breast and she latched within, I think an hour of her being born, like she would play on the nipple, but finally mm -hmm. like actually latched and stuff. And so mm. it was, it was so amazing from the hospital. I mean, my husband was there, he was able to go crash on the couch for a few minutes. Cause he's like, I don't have that, you know, endorphin <laughs> bliss that you've got going on. Right. I've just got <laughs> severe adrenaline and yes. now I'm dying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he went to lay down and the midwives were, you know, in the kitchen kind of talking to each other. And I was just in bed with her and just like in love. And Aaron said he woke up and he's like, how long was I out? They're like five minutes. Oh, you're okay. <laughs> so he thought he was asleep for a while, but, um, you know, I was able to have, you know, a meal right afterwards and just the pictures that we got with her and, um, you know, weighing her and doing all the stuff that they, the little newborn stuff was all right next to me on my bed. And it was just, it was beautiful. I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. And that's, it's so neat that, you know, even with all of the shock factor of that birth, mm -hmm. it was, it was still really a, a beautiful experience for you. Yeah, it really, it really was. It was, you know, I didn't quite get it in the tub, but you know, it's, <laughs> it was <laughs> quite, still, yeah, but it was still amazing. So, right. Yeah. Good effort. Good try. Yes, we tried, <laughs> but you know, she just, and it's funny. Cause when I look back, there was a night I was sleeping and I woke up to the biggest movement in my stomach. And I was ah. like, what on earth just happened? Didn't think much of it. And, you know, now I'm like, yeah, I didn't feel a lot of hiccups and it's cause she had moved at that point. Mm -hmm. But with the placenta being in front, we, I didn't feel a lot of movements that I should have. And the midwives had assumed that she was head down. And so right. and oh, she was gosh. my smallest baby. She was seven too. So 
um, I think, you know, the Lord knew how she was going to be born. And so he mm-hmm. just made her. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, it, it really is wonderful the way that, you know, all of that just it does, it works together and, and breach is a variation of normal. It's, a yes. you know, it's rare, but it's a variation of normal. And, and I'm so glad that you were able to have such a beautiful breach experience. Um, yeah. And so then with your next pregnancy, how did that unfold? Yeah. Um, if I could say something real quick um, about um, Eleanor's, it was perfect the way it laid out because the midwife that was actually on call for that day, she was at another birth and mm. so she couldn't come. And so the girl, Rachel was the one who came. And then since our Bonnie was um, out of town still, the, you know, her back, right. Both of them had recently done breach surprise births. Um, and our- <laughs> That's why you had a breach birth. Oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> Did, had they, they had done a training or they had been to one? They had been to one. And our oh, okay. the doula that was supposed to be there had never done a breach home birth. And so she probably would have brought like a sense of fear in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, but the doula that came, she had been to one before. And so it was just beautiful the way that everyone who was there to help me and was meant to be there was there because other people were technically supposed to be there and they weren't, but that's crazy. That is wow. That's a really, Oh, I just, I love to hear when, when things happen that way. And it's so evident, like, yep, this was, this was all planned. (laughs) Yeah. And Even husband, though I didn't know the plan, yeah. <laughs> this was all planned. <laughs> I would have liked to be tuned in, but right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably a good thing because we would have had to be at the hospital. If yes. we would have known she was breached, it would have been a hospital thing. So mm-hmm. I'm very thankful. You know, ignorance is bliss sometimes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, and then with my youngest, we, I was six months postpartum when we found out I was pregnant and it wasn't planned that way necessarily, but, um, it was, you know, it is what it was. And it was very, um, you know, we were, I was a little freaked out at first. I think the intensity of birth was still very fresh in my mind. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Especially that, that shocking of a birth, like (laughs) needed a little bit longer to to take that in. (laughs) Yes. I was like, we were, we were wanting to have a third, but I was like, Mm. you know, I don't know if I would have planned it this way, <laughs> but uh, so we found out I was pregnant and I think I was, I was in denial for two weeks, actually. I was mm-hmm. like, no, and it was so early. I was actually, um, when we were trying to get pregnant with my daughter, I was tracking my cycles type of thing. And, um, and I was exclusively nursing my daughter and I am not one of the lucky few to not get their cycle return. Um, yeah, same. And, yeah. So <laughs> like you guys stink. I have to, you know, I know what is this? Like you get 18 months to like postpartum. I, I don't know about all that. <laughs> oh, it's so not fair. Cause mine comes so quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously since I had gotten pregnant, <laughs> right? uh, as you can see. Yes. Um, but I was keeping track of my temps and I was trying and I was texting a friend, my picture of my cycle of my chart. And I'm like, I can't figure out when I ovulate it. And she's like, Mandy, you're pregnant. I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, yes, you are. I'm like, nope. <laughs> She's like, you need to take a test. <laughs> oh. So I took one and I was just barely three weeks. So, I mean, it was very early that I had found out I was pregnant. So I also was, you know, I didn't want to, 
I think I was also in denial because I was like, something could happen, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, since it had been so quick since I had my daughter. Um, but you know, then I took another pregnancy test a couple weeks later and the lines were darker and I'm like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is real. Yes. It's really happening. So, you know, I checked in with our doula. I'm like, all right, are you going to be in town now? Like, come (laughs) on, you got to be here for this one. And I called the midwives. I'm like, I miss you guys so much that I'm back. (laughs) I staged this. (laughs) Yes. It was just my ploy to come back because I missed you ladies. So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, we went back and we started, you know, through it all again. And it's amazing how different of each, you know, all my pregnancies were as far as how I was feeling and stuff. And so it was kind of interesting to have another pregnancy so soon after. Um, and it did unfortunately affect my milk a little bit, but I was still able to nurse my daughter until she was 13 months. Oh, wow. Um, so, but it was hard. I mean, it was definitely emotionally, you know, there's was a weird thing for me emotionally mm-hmm. to be nursing and pregnant. Like it, I just didn't like it for a little while. And so, yeah, that's a lot of hormones. <clears throat> that's yeah. a whole lot of hormone <laughs> interplay. Yes, it was a lot. And she loved to nurse like all the time. And of course, of course she did. <laughs> yes. And I was, always, I would always let her whenever she would sign it, I'd be like, all right, you know, and it, it may be for a minute, but she was off running, doing her own thing. So, mm. um, so it was a little hard and we kind of, but I'm so glad I pushed through um, and made it to 13 months. I was originally before I got pregnant, I was going to kind of just let her wean when she kind of wanted to. Um, but then once I got pregnant, I'm like, okay, I think I might need to, to stop, you know, it was kind of hard right. to stop her, but we did. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so I had an ultrasound, um, at like about 22 weeks, um, just to make sure everything was okay. Everything looked good. Um, the doctor was a little concerned that my placenta was, um, kind of starting, was covering my cervix. Um, but he said I was you know, still had a ways to go and it would probably move up. Um, that was kind of a concern with my son when I was pregnant with him actually, and mm. it ended up moving out of the way and everything was fine. So he was like, let's come back. Cause he knew I was going to have a home birth. Um, and let's have you checked again at like 36 weeks. Mm. Um, so we went back at the 36 week mark. And at this point, you know, I'm, thinking it could be any day now. And I was excited. Um, you know, I had all my babies. I never made it to 40 weeks with either of my other two. So I was like, Oh, it could be any day now. Um, and they, you know, you have to be 37 weeks before, um, it would be or home, you know, Mm -hmm. once you make 37, you could have it at home type of thing. So I was like, just so excited that we were getting close to that 37 week mark. Although I was a little nervous and like, can I do this again? And so, you know, that wonderful thing you kind of, that yo-yo you do as you're pregnant. (laughs) I've got this. Do I have this? (laughs) Do I? (laughs) Do I really? So (laughs) um, we went in and my husband wasn't able to come to this. So my mom came with me Um, and the doctor was checking everything. And then he kind of got quiet and he's like, "Um, your placenta is completely covering your cervix. And I was like, okay. And, um, he's like, so you're going to have to have a cesarean. And I just, it was, 
was really hard. I'm sorry if I get emotional. Um, <clears throat> and so I was very thankful my mom went because I was almost going to go by myself. Um, and so she was there with me. And then another thing we discovered is where um, the placenta was, or the umbilical cord was attached to the placenta, mm -hmm. was um, right underneath my son's head. And so um, if we would have not known, or if I would have gone into labor, um, you know, it would have pushed on the umbilical cord, you know, causing distress, like he right. would not have been able to get oxygen. Um, and so he's like, if you go into labor, you need to go to the ER. Mm -hmm. um, and so at that point, my, I felt like I was a ticking time bomb and any Braxton Hicks had me so concerned, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> and so I called the midwife and I told her what they had discovered. And I was just trying to keep it together. I was in a public place. Um, and then we decided to have, um, a second opinion or just get another ultrasound to confirm. And we did it at the hospital that I ended up delivering at. Um, and you know, so a few days later we went and had, and of course that was April fool's day. And I was oh, like, this gosh. is the worst. <laughs> really? Must we? Yes. Um, and so, you know, we had another ultrasound done and they're like, yep, it's definitely covered. And so I met with the OB that I was going to have. And, um, it was really hard because I, you know, they kept referring to me as the home birth transfer and it just, Ugh. I really felt like they were, they thought I was, I don't know, ignorant, you know, they just mm -hmm. were like very, I just felt like they looked down upon me that I mm -hmm. was going to do a home birth anyways type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so the doctor, she was in the end, she was great. Um, but in the very beginning I did not. I did not like her <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because we were talking and I was really, the midwives had told them that told me to try to see if they would let me go to 39 weeks just to give the baby more time to um, develop and, you know, mm -hmm. get everything that he needs. Um, and uh, she, we were talking and I was trying to, I was getting ready to work up to that. And she's like, cause we have you scheduled for Thursday. And she just like very flippantly threw it out there. And I just broke down crying. It just mm -hmm. felt so real in that moment. And, um, I was just like a wreck and she apologized as she should have. I mean, that was well, that's good. a very insensitive way to, to let me know, Hey, you're having abdominal surgery on this day mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're meeting your baby. Yes, Like that's, and was this, so how far along were you at that point? You had your, the, I, when you found out initially it was 36 weeks. Yeah. And so I was just about 37 weeks at that point. Oh, okay. So um, you were, you were going to be right around 37 weeks when you had when you actually had the baby. Okay. Yeah. So I was a little over 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she's like, you're on bed rest. Cause you know, um, with my son, she's like, I don't want you lifting, transferring him or anything. She's like, you are on bed rest until Thursday. And so, um, she did not want me to go into labor at all. Um, <clears throat> so I went home and it was those two, you know, that those days leading up to my son's birth were like the most emotional. I was a crying wreck. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, just, I felt, you know, like I 
it was very hard getting my mind around it. And, you know, you had spent so long prepping for another home birth. Um, and just, you know, it takes a lot to give birth, but to, you know, to a mental space to be in for, um, like kind of a home birth was for it to like all of a sudden be ripped out from underneath me and kind of, this is what we're doing type of thing, mm -hmm. you know, which I'm, I have to say, I'm very thankful for medical intervention when it's needed, you know, of course, I mean, any other time my son and I would not be here, mm -hmm. but, um, it doesn't take away the fact that that was very hard to kind of get to grips with that. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and so actually after my ultrasound, before I met the, um, OB, I had a, an appointment with the midwives and I remember when I found out about the C-section, one of the things I was upset about was I wasn't going to be able to have them with me type of thing. Like I was losing being their patient. Um, but I, they still, we still did all my appointments with them, which was only one or um, two actually. Um, Cause they, one of them was for them to come to the house type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so they came to the house and, um, at the appointment, you know, they asked how I was doing and I just broke down crying and there was three women, including uh, my doula and they just came and surrounded me. And it just like that community of women was just so amazing for mm -hmm. me and just feeling they just like hugged me and just, you know, let me, let me kind of mourn in that moment what I felt like I was losing uh, so that was wonderful to, to have them. Yes, absolutely. And yep. I, I think there's something, I mean, there's, there's so much to be said about your partner's love and support mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and, but there is also the other side of like the, the feminine understanding. And, mm -hmm. you know, even if it, it's not a situation that they've personally been through as childbearing women like can really can really feel what you're feeling and yeah and know emotionally like what you need like you just you just needed a lot of love and just mm -hmm. compassion yeah yeah i i really struggled with feeling like i was robbed of mm -hmm. you know having my the birth that i that i wanted and it, I also felt selfish for saying that because I had yeah. such a beautiful birth with my daughter. And, um, but also like to go from such an empowering birth with her to something like the C-section felt like birth happened to me and I wasn't a part of it. Um, and so I just felt very, it was very disconnected compared to even just my son's birth at the mm -hmm. hospital. You know, I was right. a participant <laughs> um, to someone to not do anything type of thing was really hard. Right. Oh gosh. I, that, that makes so much sense. And yeah, especially going off of, I mean, it was not long ago, you know, you had yeah. just had that home birth experience to, to be expecting something like that again. And then to immediately be like, actually you don't get to do anything. You get to, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you just have to, you have to kind of, like stand by, which you're not a bystander, you know, of course yeah. this is so important, but I certainly can, can feel those feelings that, that you must've experienced. Yeah. And I had read, I had started looking up, you know, the placenta previa um, that I had. And one of the, 
things that can cause or that, you know, might be a factor of getting it. Um, cause I didn't, wasn't, none of the other factors applied to me, but one of them was to have a, a birth. So like close together, mm. um, could have possibly, um, increased my chances of the placenta implanting where it did. Mm. Um, and so where my placenta was as well, the, the OB was very concerned of like hemorrhaging. Like, so they right. wanted to, they had me up, you know, two IVs, they were ready for, you know, blood transfusion type of stuff. Um, and so <clears throat> I was very thankful. We didn't find, know what we were going to have because in that moment, that was the only thing I was right. looking forward to besides meeting him was like, you know, finding out, you know, was it a boy or a girl? Cause mm-hmm. the birthday was already decided at this point and how I was going to give birth was decided. And so yeah. it was really nice to have like, but we get to find out, you know, boy or girl. Right. So oh, that, that, like, kinda, that's really sweet. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of helped. Um, and so, yeah, the, the day came and it was pretty emotional getting ready. And, um, I was so petrified and scared. I think I just, you know, the, it's a major abdominal surgery and, you know, you hear all the risks leading into it and just, you know, like possibly getting your bladder and this and that and all this other stuff that can happen. And I was just, my husband and, um, our doula Bonnie and then the midwife that came, they were so amazing at helping me, um, just kind of being there. And, you know, I'd look at my husband and I'd be like ready to just like unplug and run. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he'd just smile at me and it would just help me like, be like, okay, I can do this. And, um, since we had done the blood work to see if I have it, I'm completely spacing what it is. Um, cause I wanted to do that vaginal seeding, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so whatever test I am spacing that they do to make sure you don't have, um, the GBS yeah. strap. Yes. Okay. Um, hadn't come back. And so oh, the gosh. OB was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing it, but <laughs> rebels that we are. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> we, I love uh, where this is going. <laughs> we we put like a little swab, um, you know, in my vagina for a little bit. And then when the nurses left, we, we took it out, put it in like a sterilized container and mm-hmm. my doula tucked it in and I called her my little mule. Um, mm-hmm. She <laughs> had the contraband and... <laughs> Um, she, she got cared. the swab. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, she, she swabbed him, you know, when we were in the, the OR, um, and when he was oh, on wow. my chest and so, um, no one said anything. So nice. Yeah. What a good doula. That's I awesome. She, they were, she was awesome. Um, and so, yeah, so they had me all rep. They, they took me, um, back and what is like the most was, very terrifying was like walking into that OR by yourself. Like they don't let my husband or the doula come in like until I'm prepped and kind of ready. So I had to go walk in by myself. Um, and then like you're sitting on the operating table and they're getting ready to do the epidural. But then the nurse that was there, she was, she was really great in helping me. Um, you know, she held me in into the position that they need for the epidural and then they got me ready. My husband came in, um, and the meds were making me shake. And it could have also mm-hmm. been the, um, 
endorphin or the adrenaline, adrenaline yeah. that I was feeling. Um, so I was shaking a lot um, <clears throat> during the thing. And so, you know, I heard or Bonnie said, Mandy, are you ready to have your baby? Like she said that before they made their first incision, they cut within less than 10 minutes. He was here and he was screaming and which is great. <laughs> um, and he was seven, nine, which was my biggest baby and my oh. earliest. And oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we would have went the 40 weeks, he probably could have been close to nine pounds. Mm-hmm. And actually through my whole pregnancy, I really felt like he was a big baby. And mm-hmm. I, um, I was even measuring four weeks further that they thought I was having twins at one point. Like they were oh, like, wow. they're like, mm, we should really make sure to do an ultrasound because we don't want any other surprises. <laughs> right. <laughs> you've, you've given us enough. <laughs> yes. We've had our fill. Um, <laughs> so I was, so, I remember being so concerned about, you know, his, his lungs being born early, but you know, he came out screaming, letting the world know he was not happy being taken out mm-hmm. so soon. Um, and so, um, my husband with all of the births, even though he got my daughter wrong, he <laughs> had said, you know, it's a boy with my son. And so you know, they, they <laughs> got your daughter wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they pulled, you know, my son out, the, the, um, anesthesiologist was great. Cause she's like, now remember the dad wants to say what they're having. Aww. And so you know, Aaron stood up so he could see and, you know, he said it was a boy. And so that was amazing and wonderful. And they took him for all the tests and stuff. And then they came and brought him on my chest and, um, I was having a hard time holding him cause I was shaking. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, my husband was holding my hand and the Bonnie Ardula was on her knees behind me and kind of resting her arms on my shoulders to hold Mm. my son Desmond kind of in place. Um, and it was amazing because they take, it takes about 45 minutes for them to sew you back up. And Mm. those 45 minutes are actually like horrible because you can, you know, you feel the the table shaking from what they're, they're doing and just knowing what they're doing is really hard. And if I didn't have Desmond on my chest, I think I would have asked to be put to sleep because Mm -hmm. just emotionally it's, it's very hard. Um, but with the doula being right there and resting her arms across, I remember I would really like lean into her a lot and it felt like she was holding me. And so it was really like, just wonderful to have like that support and that like, it was a very scary, just emotional moment. So it was wonderful having her right there. I was so glad that they let her come in. <laughs> oh gosh, me too. I, I know that's, you know, that doesn't always happen. No, it, it doesn't. And they, we didn't know until they were taking me back if she could come in. Mm-hmm. Um, they had kept saying it depends on which OR we're in, like if they had enough room. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bonnie, I mean, she has been through like all types of births. And so she knows what to do and how to be out of the way, but still there for you know, right. the moms. And so she was, Aaron said she was, he was amazed at, at like just what she did, you know, and she was, he's like, she kneeled on that hard floor for like an hour, you know? And mm-hmm. so it was just wonderful. And she got some great pictures of Desmond and us. And so it was just, and he actually latched in the OR, which was pretty oh. amazing. I was, mm-hmm. you know, really worried about, you know, if we'd be able to nurse type of stuff. And um, 
yeah. And so he latched while we were there and he was trying to, to get some milk and, um, it was just wonderful. I, I love hearing the support that you had, you know, from yeah. your husband and from your doula and from your midwives, you know, beforehand too. So your, was your midwife waiting for you during the C-section or did she just come for the beforehand? She was waiting in the room. And so mm-hmm. then when we got back and they brought me back, she was helping me make sure I was getting a good latch with him. Um, and so she stayed for about an hour, I think, and then she left. Yeah, um, but so. that's really, it's just so wonderful to hear how, um, you know, even though this was not by any means ideal, <clears throat> by any means what you would have ever wanted for yourself, you you had put yourself in a place where you could be supported and that makes such a difference. Yeah. I mean, it was, they were amazing. One of the midwives came for like the 24 hour mark, even though I was in the hospital and she came just to see how I was doing. We're curious, obviously about Desmond and they still took care of him up to the six weeks, which is what they Mm do. Um, and so, I mean, it was just so amazing to have them and, um, they do like a C-section support group actually that I go to once a month, they host it. Um, and so I'm still able to see them, you know, once a month. And so that's been, I think the hardest thing is like leaving them because I mean, birth is just such like this intertwining of, you know, souls almost like you just, you make create this bond with these people and it's so hard to not see them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was wonderful, um, that I still get to see them you know, once a month and just meet other moms who have had C-sections and the lady who kind of runs it, she tried to have three home births and they all ended in, in C-section. So she was, you know, is great to kind of talk to. Cause I feel like everyone I talked to leading up to the C-section, they were like, Oh, C-sections are great. They're the best <sighs> birth to have. And <laughs> I would go that way every time. And I'm just like, okay. And it's not on the same page though. <laughs> no. And afterwards, I remember telling my husband when I was in the postpartum, I'm like, this is horrible. How do people say this is the best way to go? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so different. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I love hearing that, that they host a C-section group. Yeah. Like that is... That is so wonderful for moms to be able to come together and connect on something that obviously just affects you so deeply and to be able to speak to other moms who, you know, were in situations where they expected something different. And then this was the Mm -hmm. outcome that, how, how useful. Yeah. I mean, it's been wonderful to have, um, because, you know, a lot of them are like-minded in the sense of either, you know, a birthing center or, you know, they wanted as natural as they could type mm-hmm. of situation. Um, and so it's just nice having that like-mindedness and just to talk to other moms because I'm the only one in like my close group of friends that have had um, a C-section. Mm-hmm. So um, it was nice having that support and you know, I, it does affect you in ways, you know, I still have muscle spasms like six months out and like numbness Mm -hmm. with my incision. And so it's, I think we forget that it's major abdominal surgery, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Gosh. Wow. Mandy, I cannot thank you enough for, for coming on and sharing your journey with us. It's definitely, you know, you have certainly experienced, such a vast array of 
birthing situations and there's so much to take from all of it. Um, and, and like I said, and, and as you mentioned at the very beginning or before we actually even started interviewing or recording, just that level of um, support that you received through your, the community you created, is, it's just beautiful to hear. And I also loved hearing you say, as I said before we started recording, like your husband was so appreciative of that yeah. and he recognized that as such a, an important aspect. Yeah. I mean, he would say like with all three of the births, he's like, you know, we would birth dance together. We would, you know, we would do all this stuff. He's like, but with each birth, there was at some point you needed a community of women to step Mm. up and be there for you. And so I, I, you know, now that we're done having kids, it breaks my heart to not, uh, that I feel like we've grown away from, you know, the community of women to with giving birth. It's just so, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like just mm-hmm. one-on-one, like, you know, years ago you'd have them at home or, mm-hmm. um, you know, you would be there for so-and-so's birth or this and that. Yes. And so that would you will, help. And exactly how you said how birth, you know, you said birth is this intertwining of souls. Like, yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself. You hit the nail on the head. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I feel like it's such a sacred moment and it's beautiful to, to have an, to for it to be you know just so not what it could be as far as just that community around you helping you and being like with my daughter the midwife was like you've got this you were made for this you can do this and that was just I wish I could remember what she said you know like in that moment it was everything that I needed to hear to like you know you know roar my baby out as my midwife called it (laughs) because oh I was not quiet like I thought I would be. <laughs> I was not very meek. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And I had, you know, remembered seeing all these YouTube births and I was like, oh, all these women just, you know, some of them are just, you know, they barely make noise and there's baby. And then you have these women who just like are roaring. And the midwife mm-hmm. was like, yeah, some breathe their babies out, others roar. And yeah. you were roaring. And <laughs> you were roar. And yes. you know what? That's also, I think that is dependent on the birth as well. Like yeah. I, my first daughter, I do not know if I could ever make those noises again if I tried. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> right? But with my second, I, I was very quiet. And it just yeah. like, it's just crazy how th- things can be so different just from birth experience to birth experience. Yeah. And it was very interesting. And, um, our doula actually made the joke that, am I going to, you know, become a doula or a midwife later in life? Because she's like, you have done every birth and Mm -hmm. you would be like so valuable. And absolutely. It's always something I've always kind of wanted to do after having my first son. I was like, Oh, it would be awesome to be a doula. They are amazing women and they just help support so much. I couldn't imagine not having them. Well, you definitely have the voice and the words for it. Like (laughs) very, very soothing. So I say, go ahead and get that done. And then let me know when you're certified and I'll just recommend you to everybody. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. (laughs) Oh, Mandy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was just an absolute pleasure to hear your stories. Thank you, Caitlin. I enjoyed it. And I listened to your podcast so much when I was pregnant with my daughter and with my son, like up until, you know, we found out about the C-section. So um, I have loved this podcast to have like that positive 
you know, outlook on birth because it is not what you get anywhere else. So, Oh, thank you. That, that is the goal. I so appreciate it. Thank you. What a beautiful episode. As we head into this episode's roundup, I'm overcome with several important points that I really thought about as I listened to this episode. So the first thing that hit me hard, possibly because I recently attended a friend's birth where the nurse said the exact same thing to my friend, you don't get a gold star for going natural. And uh, I have to deal with some feelings of offense when I hear this. Of course, you don't get a gold star, and I can't think of any woman who would want one. It's important to keep in mind that those who say these kinds of statements are clearly not educated about the benefits of experiencing physiological birth, both for the mother, for the baby, for everyone involved in the family. And of course, this isn't a conversation you can have in the throes of labor or perhaps ever, but it might be worth educating these people on why you're making the choices that you're making when possible. Feel free to drag them to this podcast even. I just feel like if more people understood why women were choosing to have physiological birth, they might be more supportive and not as threatened, even if it was something that they didn't choose for themselves. Now, of course, if medication is relied upon during birth, this doesn't make your experience any less valid or important. So don't ever feel that way. But to speak down to women who are attempting to give birth without intervention is just unnecessary and unkind. And then I also want to acknowledge just how divinely Mandy's second birth occurred. Praise God for putting exactly the right people at her birth who could knowledgeably and confidently support her through such a shocking turn of events when her baby was found to be breech. And then finally, let's end where we began. Mandy said it so beautifully. Birth is an intertwining of souls. Mandy was surrounded not only by her husband, but also by a community of women who could comfort and encourage her. These relationships are so intimate, so deep. They can carry you through both the highs and the lows. And I want to encourage everyone to foster those relationships in your own community. If you can be the shoulder for another mother to lean on, be it. And if you need that shoulder, ask for it. We really do need each other. All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hey, are you finding these stories and interviews helpful? Support the show by heading to myhappyhomebirth.com and purchasing a t-shirt, candles, or even just clicking share on your social media page.